PodRocket is sponsored by LogRocket, a front-end monitoring and product analytics solution. Don't know what that is? Go to LogRocket.com. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to PodRocket. Today, I am super excited to bring back Fred Schott, who was actually our first ever guest on the podcast some large number of months ago. Welcome, Fred. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me back. I'm, I'm honored to be the first. Yeah, well, you know, your episode kicked us off in a great way. And since then, we've, we've talked to a lot of really cool people on the show. And today, I'm, I'm excited to have you back because last time we talked about, I think we spent most of the time talking about your projects, Snowpack and Skypack. Um, but today, it sounds like you're here to talk about a new project, which is called Astro. And so maybe you could give us a quick introduction to uh, what you're working on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'd be happy to. Um, it's very much like a evolution of those original projects, um, kind of fitting them together in a new way. So this is all kind of the same story we've been telling that really came out of that original Pika project back in like 2018. Astro is a much more opinionated take on web development. So Snowpack was this build tool. Skypack is a... Uh, CDN for JavaScript. And then Astro is this way to like really just take a stance on what it means to build a website today in, in 2021. So a lot of the existing solutions are really about building JavaScript apps or these hybrid apps, but that requires, you know, essentially something running in the cloud somewhere. Maybe it's building on every response. Um, you know, you need this like globally kind of um, just like the machine that is hosting a website today. It's a JavaScript app in a lot of cases. Um, so what we set out to do was to build a static site generator that felt like one of those modern dev tools, but the end result was static HTML. So it feels just like Next.js or Gatsby or Svelte where you're using your favorite UI framework, but the end result is something much more like a 11D or Hugo. It's this HTML-based framework way to build websites that lets you bring your favorite web uh, tools basically to uh, to generate. Got it. And so is, is the idea that by building a website that ultimately is just HTML, it's the fastest possible website you could build. Is that kind of the general idea? Yeah. Yeah. It's HTML and CSS, no matter how bad you write code, like you can try to make it slow and it'll still run pretty fast. Um, and we're big fans of that. We, we love like when it's simple to do the right thing and kind of easy. I know personally, at least I've built plenty of apps where I didn't realize what I was doing. And next thing I know, I've actually slowed down my website quite a bit. Um, because it's a kind of black box of performance. So there's a lot of cool stuff going on inside of Astro. But one of our favorites is you can use these JavaScript frameworks like React or Svelte that you love that normally you'd be building this kind of big application. And instead, the end result is always server-rendered HTML. So you're using a framework that you love, but you're getting the guarantee of HTML and CSS that it's really hard to build a slow site in Astro. Got it. And so am I thinking about it right that it's kind of, I mean, I think you even mentioned some of these tools before, like Hugo or Jekyll or Jinja or like, or even, I don't know, like Rails or Django, where you can do templating in your, but then ultimately produce HTML that's served to the client. Am I thinking about it correct that it's kind of like that, but you can use React or I guess Vue, if that's your preference, to do the actual templating and uh, rendering of the HTML? Yeah, Rails and Django are a bit more advanced than what we're doing today, where those will actually be running in the server, right? So that's back to that world of applications running. But yeah, Jekyll, Hugo, um, all these static site builders, the end result is HTML. It's essentially a static asset 
bundle that you just ship to the cloud and then it's really fast it's cacheable it's uh, static which is nice okay got it so you build your site you compile you build it and then you just host the ultimately just html files it is a total love letter to all of those ones that you mentioned though where in the last 10 years a lot of javascript developers and front-end developers have moved into the world of javascript and then kind of left that behind so there's this kind of like nostalgic feel to using like um 11 is the one i've used most recently where you're using these like um nunjux templates or uh Pug, I think it's called. Like, there's all these, like, it's a lot of curly braces, it's a lot of short codes and partials. And it's this, like, very older way of thinking back when a lot of what the server was doing was actually generating the HTML. We now use, you know, React for that or, or Svelte. We use these frameworks for components and UI, and that's all very good. But that has been a push towards more and more JavaScript in the client as well. And so this is kind of trying to give you that same environment, but it's a total, like, server side templating language at the end of the day where you're writing HTML, you're writing React, but it's it's templating on the server before it ever gets to the user. Got it. And, you know, what if you have a website where, I feel like this is a, a lot of websites where like most of the content is static, but there's a few parts of the site where you do need um, interactivity. And so you, you want to ship JavaScript with the site. Like, does Astro have an opinion on how to do that? Or is that something where you just bring in jQuery or you just run React on some pages. This is the coolest part of Astro by far. Um, this is like a, this is what got us most excited because it lets you opt in to JavaScript and client when you need it. And it's really seamless how you do it. So this whole project started out of really like Alex Russell on Twitter, kind of grumpy old man, shakes fist at clouds kind of Twitter personality. I've never like really got, you know, hard person to please, very much a performance minded person. And then out of nowhere, we launched a site and he was actually gave me a compliment in the DM. It was like the highlight of my career. Alex Russell said I, I built something that was fast. And we looked at like, why? Because we didn't think we'd done anything fast. And it was really, we followed this model, which is static site by default. And then the parts that need dynamic content, you hydrate. So the end result is not like JavaScript app by default. It's really static by default, opt in where you need it. It wasn't until later that I, I found that Alex, uh, or no, sorry, not Alex, um, Jason Miller, who who's, you know, leads uh, Preact. Um, had written a post a little bit earlier, basically coining this term islands architecture, which is this idea of a static kind of ocean and then these islands of dynamic content. So your whole page can be HTML, but then that like search bar, you kind of hydrate that or an image carousel, you hydrate that without sinking down the full page, sinking down that time to first render that uh, if you were rendering it all with JavaScript, it would all kind of take on that cost. And so how does that work? Like, let's imagine I have a fairly static site, but there's like an image carousel um, that I want to be able to build with React? Like, what is the what is shipped to the client and how does React load in a way that doesn't slow down the rest of the page? Yeah, so it's a really, it's it kind of shifts how you think where today, like if you're using something like Next or, or one of those site builders that builds an application, it's really about building pages. Um, instead, you go back uh, to a more, more of a like component-based way of thinking even. So you're literally shipping an image carousel down to the client. Um, the syntax is really easy because you're already able to use these components for server-side rendering. So you basically just add a little like load on client flag, almost like a prop. And it basically just like tells Astro when it builds a site, hey, this is going to render. It's going to do the SSR thing, but then also ship that JavaScript that it needs to run in the client. So you get the full page SSR, and then it's shipping down these little islands of hydration. One thing that's really nice about that is that because it's not all one page, it's these little islands, a image carousel that might be really heavy isn't going to slow down how long it takes for a like a search bar, which might be very light, to hydrate and actually become interactive. So you get this kind of like decoupling almost of 
different parts of your site, they all are basically their own route, which means they can load, render, and respond to events almost separately from each other without dragging everything down just because you wanted an emoji picker or an image carousel or trying to think of heavy things on the browser. But yeah, it's totally decouples these islands. And let's say you have a static site with that kind of interactive content above the fold. How do you do that gradual loading in a way that doesn't look janky to the user where like some of the page loads, but then it takes a little while to load and hydrate the interactive components of the page. Like, you know, if there was image carousel at the top of the page, let's say, how would that work? Yeah. So we get to lean on a lot of what uh, SSR engines are doing today for the whole page, which is this idea of it can render server side, get sent to the client. And then the like hydration is almost invisible. So that image carousel will actually, it'll basically internally call reacts like server renderer. Same thing that a lot of other frameworks that are much more stable today are using to render it and then hydrate it invisibly. Um, but because we're separate components, we get to do a lot of cool stuff. So you can basically onload render, or sorry, onload hydrate. You can wait for the page to stop loading, like do all this other high priority stuff. And then when it's idle, kick off that hydration. And then my favorite, which is so cool, is that defer hydration until it's visible on the page. So we'll actually use a little bit of JavaScript that we shipped down, which is an intersection observer, basically can tell if it's on the page or not. And if it's not on the page, we just won't load it until it is on the page. So you actually, even with JavaScript enabled on your page, you can get to a world where if it's below the fold, the page essentially loads as if there was no JavaScript because we don't need to see it yet. So we're not going to pay that cost um, if we don't need to. It's really cool, especially on mobile devices. It's so cool to see. Got it. And so, you know, it seems like overall Astro is entering, you know, a fairly competitive field with tools like Gatsby, Next.js. Um, and I do think... You know, those platforms, whether that's Gatsby's Cloud or Next.js, um, the, I guess the, the Versal platform or, or even Netlify, they do take a lot of the pain away from developers in terms of building a fairly static website, but being able to utilize React, being able to do server-side rendering and ship a fairly fast website. So I guess like, you know, kind of how do you see Astro fitting into that ecosystem? Like who are the ideal users for Astro who you know, really, really should be considering it instead of all the other competitors and you know, long-term kind of how do you see product differentiation in this space going? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, a great time to be a web developer because there are so many options. Um, Next.js and Gatsby both are doing a great job in, in their space. They're definitely targeting a more dynamic uh, site. So I mentioned, right, like there's a server running. Um, you have to host that. You have to keep that running. You have to scale it around the globe. We're trying to be an option for people who don't necessarily want that. Right now, a lot of users who don't need that or don't want that are still I mean, finding their way over to that type sort of solution because it's really the only modern feeling solution out there. So 11D is like really, really powerful, but you still have to go back to this kind of templating on the server, HTML, Nunjux, um, Liquid, like all these kind of older things that at least I as a developer hadn't used in a while. But I love 11D, like I would use 11D for it. And so we're kind of trying to fill that gap of someone who loves the development experience of a Next.js, but wants a static site that's just kind of guaranteed fast. So like what Next.js is doing with their image component for image optimization built in, um, that's a great example. That's not actually like anyone can do that. We could build that for static sites and there isn't that option available. So we want to kind of be that that good of a developer experience, but for a different kind of site, a content site, a blog versus, you know, an app is great for applications that have a lot of state and users or dashboards. Um, there's a whole part of the web that's just really content focused that's being underserved right now. Yeah, and it, it's interesting. I talked to last week, or yeah, last week I think it was. We had Kyle Matthews from um, uh, Gatsby we, we, uh, on the podcast, 
And one of the interesting things they're doing is a lot of work with um, CMS platforms like WordPress and Drupal kind of serving as the, the front end to those CMS backends. And it sounds like Astro could you know, be an interesting fit, basically used in a similar way in terms of like give developers a, a easier, faster way to build static front ends on top of that. So I'm curious, like, do you see a future where you build more kind of out of the box integrations with CMS backends or other kind of um, static site tools? Yeah, yeah, we get a lot of requests for headless WordPress, um, other CMSs. You know, we just launched, I think, two weeks ago from the time we recorded this. So, like, the community is just getting involved now. We're seeing a lot of uh, new projects spinning up to basically the supports there. We just need either documentation, guides, or, um, you know, yeah, really, that's it. It's all supported out of the box. It's really just a chance of the people doing it now are the first people. So, I mean, that's a great, you know, any sort of production site at a certain point, it, it moves out of the repo. We're really specialized in, like, markdown files having this really nice layout of your repo because we get to target that developer today. But, you know, a company is going to have a CMS and we want to support that as well. That's definitely on our uh, our near, very near-term roadmap. So one of the, the things I thought was interesting, I, re- I read your introductory blog post to Astro and you talk about this, uh, one of your sections, it says embracing the pit of success, which I thought was an interesting um, metaphor analogy or, or whatnot. So could you explain what you meant by that? Yeah, I, I love that analogy. I didn't. I definitely didn't coin it. I think it's um. Oh God, who who? You, uh, I think you have Jeff Atwood here. Yes, yes, a yeah. classic <laughs> Jeff Atwood quote. Yeah, and really talking about like a good tool, a good experience. Like really, its goal should be to. He uses the term "throw you into the pit of success." Um, and we looked around, you know, the existing set of tools, and we didn't see a lot of that going on. A lot of performance problems were more the result of the tool making it very easy to do something that wasn't performant. And that's no fault of the developer. The developer is just trying to build a good site. Like I've done plenty of dumb things because it was either fast or it got me what I needed. Like that's just, you know, a part of doing your your job as a developer is, is building things. And performance has always been kind of framed in this, like almost like really like shamey way where it's like, oh, you built a slow site. Psh- you're not a good developer at all. You're a terror. It's like this, like, oh God, like you could be 20 years into your career and someone can get mad at you on Twitter. It's like, you know, it's just, that's not the way we should be thinking about performance. It doesn't need to be this like nerd cred, you know, are you elite hacker or not? That's all completely backwards. So again, Astro is really just a return to like trying to build a fast website. And the shortcut that we get to take, which is awesome, is JavaScript is where a lot of those problems lie. So if we can move that to a server side first, especially, you know, pre-build before the user even sees it first mentality, then the user's never even seen it. No matter how slow that is, you might slow down your own build, but that's about as bad as you can do. At the end result, you're still shipping HTML. It's really hard to go slow there. So we're trying to be, we're trying to do the right thing as tools authors. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's still shockingly hard to build a, a fast, even relatively simple website that's fast. So I certainly am happy to hear more and more folks are, are working on that problem and just making it by default fast it seems like a good plan. So I, I like that. So you launched on Hacker News, I think a couple of weeks ago, and um, I thought there was a, there's an interesting comment I'm going to read and then um, so, so you can see what you, what you, what you think of it. It, it is, of course, a top one, and you know, uh, and you, you mentioned something earlier about a grumpy old man comment, and I feel like this is kind of that, but also it's a sentiment. I mean, a very common sentiment. So, the comment is, "I get it. I'm glad it exists. It's neat, and congrats." 
But it's also amusing to see that we've reached the point of JS tooling where we're making frameworks to deal with frameworks, build tool frameworks a few levels deep, etc. Just seems like so much stuff. And now we have stuff to help us use even less stuff, but it's still stuff in itself. Nothing is stopping anyone from opening Notepad and writing HTML with inline style, then using FileZilla to FTP, SCP to a server, probably VPS these days, somewhere, publish it on GitHub or GitLab. Um, and then it goes on a bit. But that, that's the, the comment and um, cu- curious uh, <laughs> you know, how you'd respond to that. No, I, I, I love that for a couple of reasons. Um, and not at all. This is not like sarcastic. I'm making like I genuinely love that comment because it, it reminds me so much of this Dropbox. Um, yeah, the, the famous Brandon M comment. Yeah, yeah, right. There's this comment where it's like Dropbox was like day one of Dropbox. They just launched. And the top comment, I think, for them was like, this is great. I love it. Congrats. But this is something I could do myself. I would set up an STP, you know, thing. I'd set up my own dev, basically like dev warehouse, data warehouse. Maybe the cloud would, I don't like, I don't, I think that was almost like predated cloud storage. So it was like really like someone basically outlining how you could build it yourself. And like, that is why I think this is a bad idea. I mean, the takeaway from that was like, no, it was a great, the fact that you wanted to do it yourself, but you are like one of a small number of developers who either knows how to do that or takes the time, like it would be worth their investment. I love that comment because it's like a great sign, like, oh, we're onto something. Like someone likes doing this and they're sad that like, this is what it takes to do it now, but we're trying to be, again, a love letter to that type of development. Yeah, a static site is like one of the easiest things on the block. We're just lucky because performance is, at the end of the day, like you will always beat out someone doing more than you. And the real performance story on the web is how can you do as much as possible, shipping as less code, slowing the user down as possible. So Astro is really an attempt to do as much as possible while still shipping the least amount of code and with a modern dev experience to, to wrap it all together. Yeah. And I think that dev experience piece is just so important because, you know, developers are smart. They can build anything, figure anything out given enough time. But if you can give a developer something out of the box that does most of what they need and is easy to make it fast and lets them focus on building what's actually incrementally new about their project versus building infrastructure and tooling, it, it seems like it's always a win. And there's, always, you know, the, the amount of developers in the world is growing, the amount of projects developers are doing is growing. And so the more developers that can focus on just creating value and not reinventing or, or not, uh, you know, struggling with their tooling is just always going to be net positive, I believe. And it's a tough spot about just like where the web is right now. There's a lot of, or where open source is really. It's like a lot of, I, I think Zach, uh, Zach of, you know, the maintainer of Eleven, he just posted something on Twitter, essentially like, listen, like, you know, we're never going to be first to market because we are not a funded, this is a side project. Um, this is an open source, like at its core um, side project. So, you know, we will constantly be like, we think it's good to be small. I think it lets, you know, he was basically making the case that it lets you not prioritize features for the sake of a business story. It was gets to prioritize features because they make sense to him as a maintainer. Um, the open source ecosystem today is just really full of a lot of companies that are trying to make a business case. And, the open source is almost in service of that versus being the other way around. Um, so simple as it's a rare commodity. It's, we're trying to at least be true to that. Yeah, so that that's a good segue because I was going to ask, like, thinking longer term, like, is there a business to be built around Astro in, in the way that Versol is being built around Next and Gatsby, Gatsby and Gatsby Cloud is being built around Gatsby? Like, is, is that at all thoughts in the long term of Astro or... Is the goal just to build a great open source tool and you know let people host wherever they want and not try to monetize hosting or other services? 
Yeah, we're, we're trying to walk the line between those two. So Zach, you know, from 11 on one side and then like, you know, Vercel on, or Gatsby on the other. Um, we are certainly trying to build a business. You know, we have full-time people working on this tool because we want it to be great. Um, but at the same time, I think the hardest dance here is building features that are authentic to the tool itself. So building features that support someone, even a free user versus someone who is paying or, you know, building their company on top of some paid service. I think that the line that both of those companies walk where it's like, here's the open source and here's the hosting company, I think is a pretty decent attempt at it. But um, I don't know. We, we see ourselves more as like, we're trying to follow a WordPress model here where if we can build this new platform for development, where there's this whole ecosystem of plugins, of, of you know, add-ons, of people building on top of it, themes, components, if we can do that, then I think there's something really valuable there that doesn't force us into an open source tool with any sort of, you know, the worst thing you can do is just jam hosting into the story. Um, I think that there's a, there's a path there that we are at least excited to explore around being the platform versus the the hosting add-on. Got it. And earlier on, you kind of mentioned how Astro does build on some of the work you've done with Skypack and Snowpack. So curious, could you talk a bit more, maybe for, for viewers who didn't hear the very first episode so long ago, quick introduction to Snowpack and Skypack and then Maybe you could speak a bit to how Astro builds on on the the work you did there. Yeah, um, it builds very technically on top of Snowpack and then very conceptually on top of Skypack. So I think of the two, Snowpack would probably be the most interesting to talk to. Skypack, you can go check it out at skypack.dev. It's basically a way to import any JavaScript package from NPM as ESM. So it literally will work in the browser natively. It's it's really cool. We're conceptually aligned with that idea of of just being more ESM first, but Snowpack is actually what's powering Astro behind the scenes. And it's probably technically possible to build Astro without Snowpack, but it's really a lot of the mental shift that we're able to make from JavaScript application to HTML website. That idea of like what you're building is an HTML website, not a big app, um, is because Snowpack is not a JavaScript bundler the way Webpack or Rollup is. It's a build tool for the web, but like it treats every asset as essentially first class. So CSS, HTML, JavaScript, they're all part of the site you're building with Snowpack. So Snowpack was a site builder. It was really about taking away the bundler from your build tool and treating these assets that way, giving you a really fast uh, dev environment. Um, ESM was very new at the time. So it was this kind of like contrarian way to think about building your site where you're actually leaning on a new tech in the browser, which is like the total opposite of, you know, Webpack and Rollup are all about like compiling out the cool stuff so that it runs anywhere. But we thought dev could be one thing. Production could be still the same old stable, uh, old code. Um, but that was, I mean, that was a tool that was kind of designed, pushed, and we, we, we care a lot about, but of kind of where that's the, the world caught up to us. So, so Vite is kind of the new kid on the block there. Um, that's a great other ESM based tool. There's a couple of, uh, I think more rust and like go based tools that are starting to explore more of the space. So it's like, if you're building a tool now from scratch, you would definitely follow an approach more like this. Um. So that's given us a chance now to take Astro a little bit further and say, okay, but what does it actually mean? Like, what am I building? Not just the how, but like the why and the what. Cool. And, and so looking at Astro, you know, tell me a bit about Roadmap. Like, what are you most excited about, um, you know, next year or so of, of Roadmap? Yeah, so our main focus right now is, you know, we just launched a beta. It's it's beta. It's it's not as stable as you want to get through if you want. Um, you know, the people who tried it out day one, my you know, heart goes out to them because it was you know exciting and wild west and we were kind of fixing bugs as we launched it was uh, exhilarating um 
but uh, now we're kind of two weeks in. We're kind of taking our breath. It's really the last kind of week of, of tackling these kind of launch bugs. So, um, yeah, we're trying to figure that out now. I mean, our Discord community has been amazing. There's a ton of great feedback and ideas going around there. So that's astro.build slash chat if you want to get involved. Like, it's an open source project. We're really trying to lean on the community for guidance here in terms of our roadmap. Um, I know the, the kind of obvious directions to go is more towards Next.js, that idea of like running in a server. But I'm trying to stay away from that. Like, it's cool and powerful, but then we're all of a sudden we're playing catch up to a game that, you know, for all other purposes, Next.js is doing very well. So we're trying to kind of find our niche here. What isn't being served today? I'd say what will keep us busy for the next couple of months, at least, is definitely taking more from that developer experience and bring it to this world, like the image optimization built in, font optimization built in. I want to do some cool stuff around like having an icon font essentially managed by Astro so you don't need to take all of Font Awesome or all of these giant SDKs. There's a lot of cool stuff we can kind of play around with uh, that we're really excited about as developers. Right. Yeah. It really, it seems like really drilling down on that static site use case and making it fast. And like, it sounds like you're kind of doing this, like looking at what are the commonalities between most static sites and how do you make it easy to do that as in a very fast site? Yeah, and it's, it's already conceptually what we're talking about, this idea of like every asset should be treated as a first-class citizen. So we're not a JavaScript bundler where everything else is just off to the side. We're actually thinking about like, no, like images, videos. We have a really cool built-in CSS bundling mechanism that basically is like scope CSS, but um, by default bundled for you automatically. There's the problem with launching something. So I don't know, I, I get excited about everything. So even as we were writing the blog post uh, to introduce it, it was like we left like five different things on the cutting room table. There's Markdown like component support. So like MDX-like. Um, there's all these cool features that we've been building into it for the last uh, couple of months now. So we're really excited to, to see where everyone takes that. Okay, so that covers the Astro roadmap. Curious to hear, you know, since we spoke um, way back when, you know, maybe what has changed specifically in Snowpack and what are you excited about in the future of Snowpack? Yeah, I mean, this is built on Snowpack kind of to its core. So we're learning a lot as users of Snowpack now, not just building sites, but we're, we're basically using it as, as our SSR runtime. So that was a fairly new API that we uh, actually launched basically in collaboration with Rich Harris of Svelte back when we were testing out SvelteKit being powered by Snowpack. He uh, integrated a SSR runtime, and now we're like power users of that. So that's been cool to kind of kick the tires on that. Um, we, I mean, it, we love it. We're seeing all these kind of ways we can make it better now. So I think Snowpack v4 is really going to be about being a better runtime for build tools. You know, the way that Webpack is powering Next.js, Blitz, all these other platforms like Astro kind of has that in Snowpack, but we're definitely kind of hacking around some edges there. It's not as easy as possible. So there've been a couple of people before us like Microsite, um, Slinky, I think is the newest one, which is like a Snowpack plus 11D plugin. There's this kind of like these experimenters who um, are kind of testing the edges of what it means to build on top of Snowpack that we want to support now that we're also building on top of Snowpack. So that'll definitely be a priority. Vitae also has done a great job seeing how far ES Build can go. Um, ES Build is this really cool new tool where it basically like is, I think it's Go or Rust, Rust-powered um, build tooling. Uh, we use it for a small part of our bundling and building, but like there's a way more that we can apply it to. And especially now it's getting more mature. I think we're going to go all in on ES Build for the next version. So, you know, essentially a dev environment on top of ES Build would be a really cool way to take Snowpack. That'll just mean it gets like, you know, lightning fast. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited. Drew Powers has been a, a contributor to uh, Snowpack for forever and is working on Astro now, but is uh, going to be taking some time to really, you know, get Snowpack um, V4 focused on and what we can do for that. Awesome. And and speaking of contributing, um, you know, if 
anyone out there wants to get involved with Astro, what's the best way to do so? Check, just go to your GitHub or um, any kind of community that people can join. Yeah, there, there's links everywhere. <laughs> we scattered them all across the internet. Um, astro.build is the website and then slash chat if you want to join our Discord. We've got a lot of cool projects going on there. We're trying to build this really cool GitHub Discord integration bot, which we haven't seen anyone do. So trying to kind of connect these two uh, communities together a little bit more in documentation, dynamic routing. There's just all these cool projects being spun out of there. So a lot of people were also perf testing Astro sites, which is always fun. Um, so there's a cool, there's people posting like actual like web page test timelines and screenshots and uh, seeing how much faster we can get it compared to some other stuff. So yeah, it's just a really energetic community. I'm, I'm really, it's probably the proudest thing I'm, the thing I'm most proud of from the launch has definitely been that. Is that like community that's developed kind of organically or have you done a lot of promotion and you know made efforts to, to build the community? Yeah, I, I, Nate Moore did a great job. Nate Moore is one of the other people working on Astro um, and I went out for paternity leave. So I was out um, and he did this really like clever little sneak secret site basically before we launched where there was like, open your console log, there's a link to Discord. And we had this really organic community grow out of that. But people who just kind of found us and, and were excited about what we were building. So uh, we were lucky to kind of launch on the back of a private beta of about 300 developers. That definitely helped us kick the tires a bit, but um, that's only grown since then. Awesome. Well, Fred, it's been once again, great having you on the podcast. And um, I hope we can have you back in another six or 12 months to, to hear about what you're working on. But um, yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much. No, I'm, I'm so glad the podcast is still going strong. <laughs> I didn't tank it on the first episode. That's always a good sign. So thanks for having me back on. Hi, thanks for listening. Um, please remember to like, subscribe, uh, email me if you want, even though none of you do. Go to logrocket.com and, and try it out. It's free to try. Then it costs money, but yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>